0: I'm Pastor John Peterson. I'm Pastor Luke Ulrich. And I'm Vicar Jacob Kempfert. The Mount Olive Mankato podcast is your weekly message of peace with God through Jesus Christ. We welcome you to join us on Sundays in Mankato to experience the friendship of our congregation and Christ's love. For service times or to learn more about Mount Olive, visit us at mountolivelutheran.org. That's mtolivelutheran.org. And now it's time for your weekly message of peace with God through Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God, which we will consider today, is recorded in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in the 8th chapter. There we read verses 1 through 9 as follows in Jesus' name. Now concerning things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone supposes that he knows something, he does not yet know the way he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this person has been known by him. So concerning the eating of food from idol sacrifices, we know that an idol is not anything real in the world, and there is no God but one. Indeed, even if there are so-called gods, whether in the heavens or on the earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, nevertheless for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things exist, and we exist for him and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things exist, and we exist through him. However, that knowledge is not in everyone. Instead, some who are still affected by their former habit with the idol eat the food as something sacrificed to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us closer to God. We do not lack anything if we do not eat, nor are we better off if we do. And be careful that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed, to be or not to be, that is the question. You probably recognize those words from William Shakespeare's famous play, Hamlet. In that play, the Prince of Denmark thinks about his life and all of his struggles and all of his pain and sorrows, and he wonders if it would be better if he didn't exist at all. And so he asks himself, to be or not to be? That's the question. Our text today presents for us an even more basic and essential question. It's a spiritual question pertaining to God and to our relationship with God. To know or be known. We see from our text that it is very important for us to know about God but it's even more important that we are known by God. This is the Sunday of the year when we typically resume many of our educational programs. We had hoped and planned to begin the new Sunday school year today, but we'll have to wait a couple of more weeks to make sure that We're able to do it in the right way, safely, for both the students and the teachers. But now we're happy that our Christian Day School is up and running again. And now our confirmation classes have started. Today, the senior youth group will begin its season of classes in our brand new youth room. We'll have Bible study between the services, and others will begin again this coming week. And so we pray that all of these things may continue. And these surely are things for us to be excited about and to celebrate, especially after our long, lonely hiatus when we couldn't come together and couldn't do these things. These are crucial tasks for our congregation. It's important that we know God and that we help our children know God as well as they can. Such knowledge should be highly prized. Pursuing that knowledge should be a lifelong quest for Christian parents and for their children. In fact, we have to fight against the false idea that at some point we finished our Christian education, and that we've learned everything we need to know. Even the Apostle Paul, late in his own life, said, It's not that I think I've arrived, but I press on. And Peter wrote, Dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Knowing God and his undeserved love for us is needful. Such knowledge liberates us. Having the knowledge that God, our creator, loves each one of us and forgives us all of our sins for Jesus' sake, this brings a precious freedom from the curse and the punishment of the law. It says in Galatians, It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The original readers of our text today lived in Corinth, Greece. The ancient Greeks are famous for the great value that they placed on knowledge and learning. That process of acquiring more and more knowledge became For some, the most important thing in life. And that worldview affected some of the church members in Corinth. Some of them began to exalt Jesus, not so much as their Savior from sin who died on the cross for them, but rather as the giver of a divine and secret sort of knowledge. Possessing this knowledge made some of them think that they were above the rules and regulations of life. It made them feel that they were above other people, including other members of the church. The apostle writes in our text, Now concerning things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up but love builds up. If anyone supposes he knows something, he does not yet know the way he ought to know. There were at least 12 different temples scattered across the city of Corinth, and each one devoted to a variety of different idols, different gods and religions. In those temples, animals were being slaughtered and put in fire at the various altars as the people worshipped. But not all of the animal was always burned up. A portion of the extra meat then was given to the priest who sold it in the markets. Some of the new Christians in Corinth had come out of these false religions. These young converts were understandably nervous about buying and then eating meat which had been used for idol sacrifices. On the other hand, some of those who felt their advanced knowledge gave them the right to eat from those same sacrifices were disregarding the weakness of their fellow believers. So St. Paul's point to them was this. As Christians, we all know that idols are really nothing at all and that there's only one true God and Lord, However, he said, that knowledge is not in everyone. Instead, some who are still affected by their formal, former habit with the idol eat the food as something sacrificed to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. So St. Paul warned those who prize their own exalted knowledge, be careful that this right of yours does not become a stumbling block to the weak. Knowing God is important. But as Paul said, knowledge tends to puff up. Even the blessed knowledge that we have may become corrupted by our sinful nature, which is prideful and likes to be over others and to dominate them. But, St. Paul goes on in our text, if anyone loves God, this person has been known by him. So secondly, today we say that while it's important to know God, it's more important to be known by God. God is omniscient. That means that God knows everything and everyone here on earth. Sometimes, though, we might all wonder, is that really true? Does God really know me? Can he pick me out of the crowd of the billions and billions of people who live here on earth. can Does he know where I live? Does he know my phone number? Does he know my name? And of course, God does know each one of us, and he knows literally everything about us. That's terrifying, isn't it? This means that we can't hide our sins from him. God knows everything, including the deep and hidden rooms in our hearts. In fact, we might sometimes wish that God didn't know us, that we and our lives, our desires, our schemes, our fantasies could all be kept hidden from him. For if God knows us, he knows our sins. And if we know God to be just and holy, then we know that he must punish us for them. But here's how this omniscience of God becomes something wonderful for us and for the little children in our care. He chooses to forget. He not only forgives us all of our sins for Jesus' sake, but he forgets them. The psalmist prayed, Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your mercy, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. And here's the Lord's beautiful answer to this desperate plea. Psalm 103 says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve. He does not repay us according to our guilty deeds. Yes, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so powerful is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our rebellious acts from us. So while God God surely does know us and everything about us. He knows us in Christ. He sees us and our lives through the lens of the cross, where Jesus Christ, our Savior, God's Son, made the perfect, once for all sacrifice for all of our sins. Having this knowledge, then, we're made to feel certain about our salvation. It says in Romans chapter 8, those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Having this knowledge that God knew us and loved us for Jesus' sake from all eternity, you and I can enjoy certainty every day of our lives that we have and will have eternal life in heaven. In praying for each of us shortly before his crucifixion, our Lord Jesus prayed, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. A person may have many letters after their name and many diplomas hung on their wall, including theological diplomas, but if he lacks this knowledge, he knows nothing. For by knowing us in Christ, God sees not our failures and our sins and our foolish pride. Rather, he sees the success and the innocence of Jesus. Since Jesus took all of our sin and guilt to the cross and died there, God now knows us as his redeemed and reborn children. For Jesus' sake, he calls himself our Father, now and forever. In proof that we have this knowledge of God's grace, and of course here we refer to this as heart knowledge, this is really faith, Having that we love God in return, we show our love for him by the way that we use our freedom in Christ. As believers, we're not bound in those matters which God himself has not judged. And so the believers in Corinth were really free to buy and to eat the meat which had been sacrificed to idols. But wanting to show their love for Jesus, from whom all things come and through whom we live, as Paul said, the believers would not want to harm others by their full, unbridled use of this freedom. So later on, in fact, Paul said, if food causes my brother to sin, I'll never eat meat again, so that I do not cause my brother to sin. Knowing this, that we ourselves are known by God in Christ, trusting that he loves us and forgives us, we want to act in such a way that we build up others in their faith. We don't want to abuse our freedoms or misuse the knowledge that we have. Instead, out of love, we want to be gentle, humble, patient, and considerate with each other, especially to those who have a conscience that is fragile, so that we don't lead them to go against it. We call this day Rally Day. Today we thank all of those who take responsibility for and impart knowledge upon the children of our congregation So we give thanks to God for our faithful Christian day school teachers, for our Sunday school teachers, for those who work with our youth groups. What a fulfilling task they have. What an objective and goal they seek to accomplish. To know or be known. We remember this, to know about God is so important, and we all should strive to know him better and better throughout life. But it is even more important to be known by God, to know that he loves you, that he forgives you your sins and sets you free from the punishment of them. That's the greatest knowledge of all to have. Let us use our knowledge and our freedom in Christ in a careful manner so that we build up one another in this one true saving faith. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your heart and mind Through faith in Christ Jesus, amen.